February the 2nd, 2015. You're listening to Waking Up With Danny, the only podcast that I personally will wake up early for. It's early, 6.08 in the a.m., in fact, and to get things going this morning to pump us all up, I'd like to play for you guys a high-energy, change-the-world, oh-my-god-this-is-actually-happening amazing song. I will have you guys all scraping yourselves off the ceiling. Here we go. Prepare to clean up the poop your ears are about to produce when they crap themselves after they hear this energetic tune. heavy snow is ongoing and some ice is pushing into the northeast as well. Here's the latest. Early Monday morning, about 69 million Americans are under a winter advisory of warning. More than 23,000 fights. I'm sorry, flights have been canceled nationwide. Be a lot of fights. Amtrak planned to operate a normal schedule, but with some modifications. Officials say the Super Bowl travel is expected to help make Monday the busiest day ever. Phoenix's main airport, but snowstorms elsewhere could also cause delays. And New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio urged commuters to avoid the roads on Monday and use mass transit instead. Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner has advised against travel and put state agencies on alert to help out local areas as needed. Daily snowfall records have been broken in several locations, including Milwaukee at 10.4 inches, South Bend, Indiana, 14.7 inches, and Grand Rapids, Michigan, home of the Grand Rapids, 8 inches. Ohio officials said a Toledo police officer died while shoveling snow in his driveway, and the city's 70-year-old mayor was hospitalized after an accident while he was checking 
the road conditions outside. Long story short, folks, might want to just stay inside today. And it's cold out there. We've got negative four in Nebraska, one in Minneapolis, 10 up in Chicago, 40 degrees in Washington, D.C. and Atlanta, 52. Getting a little rain down there. 50, 50 in New Orleans, 26 in Dallas, 28 in Albuquerque, 31 up in Billings, 33 in Boise, 54 in San Francisco, a mirroring 54 in LA. Let's cruise over to Miami, Florida, throw down the top, and throw on some shorts. It's 70 degrees and 62 up in Orlando. Zooming over the other side of the country, the losing Seattle Seahawks, 46 degrees. The highs today don't get much higher, and it looks like the snow is going to continue throughout the Midwest and the Northeast. So, with that, stay safe, folks. Stay safe. Stop the traffic, see what's going on. Stop the traffic, Bit of breaking news coming from areas where there is ice and snow on the roads. Look for slowdowns on the major highways and interstates. It looks like this slippery weather is causing some traffic, especially around the urban areas. New York City, Chicago, Illinois, even over Denver, Colorado. Look for that snow and ice to cause some traffic problems. Down in the southeast, where we're getting a lot of rain, also look for a little bit of traffic going into the city areas. Rural areas reporting pretty clear, so if you have to travel this morning, travel safely. Take the train or the bus if you can. Just stay off those interstates. Man, they are death traps. High-speed death traps. I've always said that. News. Lines and things. It's time for the news. What does it all mean? News. Lines around the world. It's time for the news. Butler's goal line pick clinches Super Bowl win for the Patriots against the defending champion Seattle Seahawks. Don the ropes down 10 points in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady engineered a comeback to give the New England Patriots a 28-24 lead over the Seattle Seahawks with a little more than two minutes left in Super Bowl 49. Brady and the rest of the Patriots couldn't exhale until defensive back Malcolm Butler picked off Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson on the goal line with 20 seconds left to secure a dramatic championship in what will go down as one of the most exciting Super Bowls ever played. Also, one of the worst calls ever on the one-yard line. A Nebraska woman who had her hands and feet amputated after suffering a sudden bacterial infection is in, quote, surprisingly good spirits, end quote, her family says, and she's lucky to be alive. Last month, Terry Roberts, a 56-year-old wife, mother, and grandma of five from Valley, Nebraska, was diagnosed with streptococcal toxic shock syndrome after falling into a coma that doctors at Methodist Physicians Clinic feared she would never come out of. Then on December 22nd came what her family described as an early Christmas miracle. She just magically woke up. Her 35-year-old son, Ryan Roberts, said during a press conference last week, literally four hours before we moved to take her off life support. Again, in another sign, California's persistent drought downtown San Francisco recorded no measurable rain in January for the first time in 165 years. 
National Weather Service also said Santa Cruz reported no rain in January for the first time since 1893. Normal rainfall for that city in January is more than six inches. Then last night was the first Super Bowl lit with LED lights said to cut energy use by 75%. Every day is born a new hero. Will he live? Will he die? We don't know. We'll leave it in the hands of the story. Short stories on Waking Up With Danny. Short stories on Waking Up With Danny. Actually, quite short in length and short stories on waking up with Danny. Not long but short, the stories are. Not long but short, the stories are. The hero fighting against the dark forces of the forest. This actually did happen to a real person, and the real person is me. I had gone to catch a train. This was April 1976 in Cambridge, UK. I was about 20 minutes early. I had got the time of the train wrong. I suppose it is at least equally possible, he added after a moment's reflection. That British rail had got the time of the train wrong. Hadn't occurred to me before. Get on with it, Finchurch laughed. So I bought a newspaper to do the crossword and went to the buffet to get a cup of coffee. You do the crossword? Yes. Which one? The Guardian, usually. I think it tries to be too cute. I prefer the Times. Did you solve it? What? The crossword in the Guardian. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, said Arthur. I'm still trying to buy the coffee. All right, then. Buy the coffee. I'm buying it. I am also, said Arthur, buying some biscuits. What sort? Rich tea. Good choice. I like them. Laden with all these new possessions, I go and sit at a table. And don't ask me what the table was like, because this was some time ago and I can't remember. It was probably round. All right. So let me give you the layout. Me sitting at the table, on my left, the newspaper, on my right, the cup of coffee, in the middle of the table, the packet of biscuits. I see it perfectly. What you don't see, said Arthur, because I haven't mentioned him yet, is the guy sitting at the table already. He is sitting there opposite me. What's he like? Perfectly ordinary, 
Briefcase, business suit, he didn't look, said Arthur, as if he was about to do anything weird. Ah, I know the type. What did he do? He did this. He leaned across the table, picked up the packet of biscuits, tore it open, took one out, and... What? Ate it. What? He ate it. Finchurch looked at him in astonishment. What on earth did you do? Well, in the circumstances, I did what any red-blooded Englishman would do. I was compelled, said Arthur, to ignore it. What? Why? Well, it's not the sort of thing you're trained for, is it? I searched my soul and discovered that there was nothing anywhere in my upbringing, experience, or even primal instincts to tell me how to react to someone who was quite simply, calmly, sitting right there in front of me, stolen one of my biscuits. Well, you could, Finchurch thought about it. I must say, I'm not sure what I would have done either. So what happened? I stared furiously at the crossword, said Arthur. Couldn't do a single clue. Took a sip of coffee, it was too hot to drink, so there was nothing for it. I braced myself. I took a biscuit, trying very hard not to notice, he added, that the packet was already mysteriously open. But you're fighting back, taking a tough line. After my fashion, yes, I ate the biscuit. I ate it very deliberately and visibly, so that he would have no doubt as to what it was I was doing. When I eat a biscuit, said Arthur, it stays eaten. So what did he do? Took another one. Honestly, insisted Arthur. This is exactly what happened. He took another biscuit. He ate it. Clear as daylight. Certain as we were sitting on the ground. Finchurch stirred uncomfortably. And the problem was, said Arthur, that not having said anything the first time, it was somehow even more difficult to broach the subject the second time around. <laughs> what do you say? Excuse me. Couldn't help noticing. Er doesn't work. No, I ignored it with, with anything, even more vigor than previously. My man. Stared at the crossword again, still couldn't budge a bit, so showing some of the spirit that Henry V did on, say, St. Crispin's Day. What? I went into the breach again. I took, said Arthur, another biscuit, and for an instant our eyes met. Like this? Well, yes. Well, no, not quite like that. But they met, just for an instant, and we both looked away. But I'm here to tell you, said Arthur, that there was a little electricity in the air. There was a little tension building up over that table. At about this time, I can only imagine. We went through the whole packet like this. Him, me, him, me. The whole packet? Well, it was only eight biscuits. But it seemed like a lifetime of biscuits we were getting through at this point. Gladiators could hardly have a tougher time. Gladiators, said Finchurch, would have had to do it in the sun, more physically grueling. There is that. So, when the empty packet was lying dead between us, the man at last got up, having done his worst, and left. I heaved a sigh of relief, of course. As it happened, my train was announced a moment or two later, so I finished up my coffee, stood up, picked up the newspaper, and underneath the newspaper, yes, were my biscuits. What? said Finchurch. What? True. No. 
The thing I like particularly about this story is the sensation that somewhere in England, there has been wandering around for the last quarter century a perfectly ordinary guy who's had the same exact story, only he doesn't have the punchline. That was Biscuits by Douglas Adams. In 2014, an Indonesian volcano, Mount Sinabung, erupts in Sumatra Island, shooting toxic clouds of ash into the air, and 15 people die as the search continues for more victims and survivors. In 2011, Egypt partially restores internet access after a five-day blackout. Hmm. In 1997, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, closes at Gershwin, New York City. In 1992... The IRS and Willie Nelson settle on a $9 million tax bill. In 1984, there's a Lebanese army fight in Beirut. How about, let's go back further in time. In 1653, a New Amsterdam becomes a city later called New York City. How about that? It used to be called New Amsterdam. In 1141, the battle at Lincoln, King Stephen was captured. And in 1032, Conrad II succeeds Rudolph III as the king of of Burgundy. And in 962, Pope John XII crowns the German King Otto I the Great Emperor. Talking about life and death. Today's birthdays in 1958, Holly Hunter was born. 1954, Christy Brinkley. And in 1942, Graham Nash was born. Anne Rand was born in 1905. And in 1874, Ernest Shackleton was also born. Happy birthday, Ernest. But there are two sides to every coin, aren't there, folks? In 2008, Earl Butts dies in Washington, D.C. in his sleep at 98. In 2004, Alan Bullock, a British historian, dead. In 2002, Claude Brown, an American writer, also died. In 1997, Godfrey Basley, a British radio executive, dies at 92. Gene Kelly, actor and dancer, an American in Paris, singing in the rain, Dies at 83, 1996 he died. In 1994, Willie Mae Ford Smith, a gospel singer-songwriter, dies at 89. And in 1435, Johanna II, the lawless Queen of Naples, from 1414 to 1435, dies at 61 years old. The stock market! The Dow Indexes Manning the monies and matters Monies and matters and monies and matters and monies and matters Where are your investments today? 
French officials said Sunday they would support the new Greek government efforts to get the country back on its feet after five years of crushing austerity, but warned there would be no write-down of Greece's debt and pressed Athens to continue with reforms that are still needed to help mend the country's economy. Could this slide in crude oil price be ending? Oil set a record on Friday. It registered seven consecutive months of losses for the first time. In that period, Brent, the international crude benchmark, has slumped more than 50%, taking the price to a six-year low. But something else also happened. Brent posted its biggest one-day gain since 2009. Excitement over falling U.S. rig counts saw Brent rise almost 8% and finish above $50 a barrel. Following two weeks of relative stability, the question traders and analysts are asking themselves is whether oil has found the floor. There are reasons for thinking the price may have bottomed out. First, U.S. rig counts. Oil companies idled almost 100 last week, the biggest drop on record. Second, major producers such as Royal Dutch Shell and ConocoPhillips have slashed billions of dollars from their investment programs. This has raised hopes that non-OPEC supply will fall significantly this year helping to balance the market. Time for the quote. Then now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. From John Steinbeck's East of Eden. And the word of the day, Nimrod. A noun meaning a stupid person or a hunter. According to the info I have sitting in front of me, in the Bible, Nimrod was a hunter and Noah's great-grandson. It's not clear how the sense of the word was transferred from a hunter to a stupid person, but in a new sense was popularized in the Bugs Bunny cartoons when Bugs Bunny called rabbit-hunting Elmer Fudd a poor little Nimrod. What kind of Nimrod makes kids the responsible party in a dim-witted ideology of poverty and neglect? Martin Haxworth from Ignoramus of the Bloviating Type, the Idaho State Journal. Pocatello, February 3rd. 2013. And you know you gotta learn something today. Make your life better. The more you know, the more you know. You'll make your life better. And you know you gotta learn something today. Is banned aboard the International Space Station. 
You could forget about joining that 200-mile club, NASA Commander Alan Poindexter told a reporter who asked about the, quote, consequences if astronauts boldly went where probably no others have been, end quote, that sexual intercourse is not permitted aboard the International Space Station. We are professionals, Poindexter said. We treat each other with respect, and we have a great working relationship. Personal relationships are not an issue, he explained. We don't have them, and we won't. A question about sexual relations in space came after an April mission that put a record four women into orbit, the most women in space ever. Three women aboard the Discovery joined another woman and four men aboard the International Space Station. Taking a tour inside the International Space Station, it's easy to see that even if NASA's policies were not in place, the close quarters could make intimacy difficult. Sounds like a challenge to me. And that's going to do it, folks. If you have a question for me here at Waking Up With Danny, tweet at Up With Danny or email me at Danny at wakingupwithdanny.com and I'll answer your question on the show. And please join me next week for another exciting episode of Waking Up With Danny.